Welcome one and all to all of those who love to rock. You have come to the right place because the podcast will rock. That's right. It is the new podcast. We are here to discuss, dissect, and just overall enjoy the musical discography of Van Halen. I am one of your fearless leaders in this journey. My name is Mark Kamayer, and joining me is the ever-popular, ever-knowledgeable Corey Morissette. How you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. I've been waiting to do uh, this show for a long time, honoring the mighty Van Halen in one of the best catalogs in rock and roll history. Um, I'm just itching to get to it. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we're, we're here today, uh, finally uh, kicking off this podcast. You know, uh, this is not the first time uh, Corey and I have been uh, broadcasting uh, partners. This is uh, sort of a uh, reunion of sorts, uh, but uh, I'm I'm excited to, to do this. I love that you pitched this idea to me and had me in mind for it. Uh, I have loved, I mean, quick, quick thing about me, about this band in particular. I've been a fan ever since I was a, a small child, a wee lad. Eddie Van Halen is the entire reason why I picked up the guitar. Um, when did you first come into uh, the world of Van Halen, Corey? Well, I'm, I'm considerably older uh, than yourself, Mark. So uh, that's fair. Uh, uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, the year was 1984, uh, and a pretty big album dropped in 1984 called 1984. And I remember uh, watching. Uh, I'm in Canada, so we didn't have MTV. We had much music, and uh, the video for Jump uh, came on, and you see Diamond Dave. Uh, hair flow and, and with the high kicks and a very, very drunk and or stoned Eddie Van Halen uh, noodling away on the guitar. And I was just me mesmerized. I thought these guys are amazing and immediately went back, caught up in all the Diamond Dave era. And then, of course, shortly thereafter, uh, Dave left, uh, started his solo career and Sammy Hagar came in and I was in love with that era as well. So um, uh, I, I'm kind of a fan from all the way back to 1984. The ice cream man had so many flavors that he just had to try. Uh, but basically, just to give you a small rundown of how this show is going to work, typically, what we want to do is go over each song, as I mentioned at the top, each song from the catalog of Van Halen. And I know what you're thinking. Wow, that's going to take you forever. Well, not forever, but it's going to take us a good while. So needless to say, you won't be short of content. So if you like what you hear, if you uh, really enjoy the show, please make sure you uh, let us know, share it, and we'll get, uh, we'll get into all the information here at the end. But uh, like I said, the way this is going to work is Corey was nice enough to fashion a wheel, a giant wheel filled with all of the tracks by van halen and uh i just I, I took a look at this wheel uh before we started recording and i my only response was wow because <laughs> uh i mean it, it's it, it's just insane when you when you look at the their catalog from that perspective so that's what we're gonna do each episode it's gonna be a spin of the wheel it's gonna be uh kind of like a rando and we're gonna go into the songs but today is a little bit different today we know exactly which one we're gonna start with we have to start with basically the song that everyone started with. Corey, you can you can certainly attest to this. This is the song that was uh, the introduction. If you knew nothing about the band before, nothing at all, you just saw the record and you decided, I'll buy that because, kids, that's what we used to do. If the cover looked cool, we bought it. And you put it on, put the needle down, and you heard the first track, 
that was your introduction to this band. We're talking, of course, about Running With The Devil. Corey, was that your full introduction to Van Halen, just listening it, uh, listening to the album uh, at the drop of the needle, or were you made aware of them beforehand? Uh, this album, no. Like I said, I kind of came in on 1984, and after I got that album uh, and, and wore it out, uh, I kind of went back and got the back catalog and started with Van Halen 1. And uh, I'm really glad you brought up uh, record stores, because back in the day, that's what you would do. You would walk into the record store and you saw this, this really cool kind of silver blue logo with a V and an H on it. And then, you know, you had Eddie Van Halen in the top left corner, uh, David Lee Roth looking super cool in the top right, uh, Alex pounding away on the drums in the bottom left, and then uh, Mike Anthony uh, wailing away on the bass in the bottom right. And you think, wow, these guys look really cool. Like th this is an album you, you, you would buy sight on scene just based on the cover art. And then, like you said, you, you pop on side one, you put the needle down and the car horns kick in and, and it, it takes you somewhere. And, and this album is, is wildly considered one of the greatest debut albums of all time. I know uh, Guns N' Roses kind of maybe supplanted it with uh, Appetite for Destruction back in the 80s. But uh, Van Halen won uh, an all-time classic. And, and it just seemed right. Um, I, I should mention right off the hop, the whole uh, randomized song by something it isn't a format that we're revolutionizing here on And the Podcast Will Rock. Uh, I got to give a shout out to the guys uh, on Pot of Thunder, which is the gold standard for rock and roll podcasting. They are phenomenal. They broke down the entire Kiss catalog track by That's track. Insane. That's oh, insane to me. It's hundreds and hundreds of songs. Like I, I, When I did the wheel, we're looking at 120 tracks or 120 episodes for Van Halen. Kiss, they were into the 300s like because they did all the tracks from the, the solo albums, the four solo albums that, that, that came out. Uh, plus, they did all the studio tracks. Uh, we're we're kind of just riffing off their format. So there's going to be no live tracks. Um, no remixes or anything like that. We might reference them if they come up. This is just studio tracks from all the studio albums. Um, I don't think we, you know, we might get in the mood and break down a couple of Dave solo tracks. Who knows? Uh, Sammy's playing with Mike Anthony right now. Maybe we'll do a song from there. Even Wolfgang Van Halen, or sorry, Wolfgang Van Halen uh, has a great debut album out uh, under the banner of Mammoth, uh, WVH. It really uh, does, yeah. That it's a great, great album. Oh, it's amazing. I, I love that record so much. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to head down this road. There's no hard and fast rules. Uh, we're just going to let you know if we like it or not. Uh, we got some Diamond Dave-isms, the patented Diamond Dave-o-meter, uh, and he'll let you know if it's good or bad. Ooh, Ooh yeah, Diamond Dave. <laughs> so uh, uh, lo look forward to that. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the uh, the random idea, and that came from the Pot of Thunder guys. But this first, this first song, uh, it really had to be – running with the devil which was the second single actually uh from their debut album back in 1978 um it was actually also named uh in 2009 the ninth greatest hard rock song of all time by vh1 uh so there, there's a huge pedigree on this one it was certainly not the first uh song i heard uh by van halen but again i'm considerably younger uh from when they debuted this album but i do remember that song being uh very prominent you couldn't go a day listening to uh rock radio stations without at least hearing it once like once a day um it wasn't and i, I honestly cannot remember what the first van halen song i heard i i don't want to i don't want to assume it's it was jump but it probably was jump uh <laughs> nevertheless uh running with the devil was right behind them so it was kind of uh, when i'm a kid 
checking out this album, it was a shock to me that, oh, okay, so the singles that they put out aren't the ones that start the album. Huh, what a concept. It's like, <laughs> but I do know this song. Uh, and it's just, it's haunting. It's a it's a haunting opening. It's a it's just a haunting track in general, and it's a it's a statement. I think. Oh, it absolutely is. And uh, uh, you know, for the longest time before I really got into Van Halen one, I always thought the album kicked off with Eruption, and then into You Really Got Me, which was their first single. And I did until I actually got the album on vinyl, because of course in the digital age, you you download Van Halen and you put it on shuffle, and you know, a running order doesn't matter so much. But back in the seventies when all you had was vinyl uh running order was everything and how you you uh you know selected the song so uh running with the devil a, a great album opener uh for, from this album uh you really got me was was the first single of course a cover of the kink song and then ain't talking about love came after but uh in an album full of classics like he said the, this one here you hear all the time on, on classic rock radio uh to this day uh, to this day well, absolutely and even you know, if all you had got was best of volume one or best of both worlds or any number of their greatest hits, uh, running with the devil, it was featured very prominently. Actually, interesting fact, Mark, on best of volume one, which is their first greatest hits. It was an alternate edit of running with the devil where the verse, the choruses and the solos were arranged in a different order than it was on the vinyl version. Uh, apparently, this was a mistake. And they actually had to uh, fix that in subsequent pressings. But there's still some versions of best of volume one out there on CD with a different uh, mix of Running With The Devil. Well, as someone who owned that Best of Volume 1 album, I can tell you I got one of the uh, corrected prints because <laughs> it, did, it, did not, uh, it did not sway from its original recording. But I do, uh, I'm glad you brought up that, uh, that Volume 1 Best Of because that starts off with Eruption instead of Running With The Devil, which you would think... It's like, well, it's it's the best of, and since Running With The Devil was their opening track for the first album, you, let's start with it. No, they start with Eruption, and to be honest with you, I kind of feel like they they should have done that. They should have opened this this particular album with Eruption, but I understand why they didn't. Um, but yeah, it's I, I never really thought about it until the best of Volume 1 came out, uh, and I bought it, and it opens with Eruption, and I was like, yep. This should have been the opener, but I digress. So that, that's probably what confused me because I also had Best of Volume 1 and it opened with Eruption. And I thought, well, that's just how that's such a great way to open an album. That's how Van Halen would probably open. But no, it was actually uh, Running With The Devil that kicked things off. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, we should talk maybe about the success of the song a little bit here in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It got all the way to 84. So, uh, you know, uh, it was a top 100 hit, but, but not a colossal hit. Remember Van Halen? Um, back in the uh, late 70s, kind of made their name as a party band uh, in California. They, they played a lot of dances they, and all that and, and just played wherever any, anybody would hire them to play. And that's kind of how they built their following. And um, I know uh, Warner Brothers was very excited when they signed them to a really awful uh, record deal. I'm actually reading uh, a book from their former uh, manager uh, from this, from the Dave era. And it's really, really enlightening. But, you know, th these kids were just flat broke, just playing wherever they could play. Uh, had these songs. Uh, they did a demo, a four-song demo with Gene Simmons, um, and th and this was actually one of the songs uh, that that was on that demo. Even the car horns, I guess, were actually on that Gene Simmons demo because he wanted to to manage them uh, until Paul wow. kind of slapped him upside the head and said, "No, I'll focus on Kiss. Don't go fooling around with Van Halen." So, um, uh, th th this is the sound of a, a hungry young band. I, I think in 1978, you could tell 
um, you know, Alex, I, I don't think it gets enough credit for his work on this album, uh, or even Mike Anthony, you'll, we'll hear the bass uh, actually on the song, but everyone always gravitates to Eddie, obviously being one of the greatest guitar players of all time. And Dave, uh, no matter what you think of him vocally, one of the best frontmen uh, of all time. And this is them kind of at the height of their powers in 1978. I think uh, Dave sort of personifies the idea that, yeah, your frontman, all he really needs is charisma. You can figure out everything else later. Uh, because yeah you're right uh, I mean I, I personally how I feel about him as a vocalist is, is he's not the greatest vocalist he's never been the greatest vocalist he doesn't have to because he needed to be what the, the band needed and what the band needed was a charismatic madman um, and I, I think if nothing else we can certainly call Diamond Dave a charismatic madman uh, <laughs> but you're absolutely right uh, Michael I think overall throughout the entirety of his time in the band doesn't get enough credit whatsoever uh let alone for his his uh his work on this album uh but michael those high harmonies man like i'm just i i'm i am a sucker for high harmonies and that's that's all michael and uh people just you need to acknowledge it and i feel like the more we continue with the show the more we talk about uh other tracks where he's heavily featured i will bring it up every time well, and th this is a great example because when you have a frontman who doesn't have a lot of range, has a lot of charisma, doesn't have a lot of range, those high harmonies really mask uh, a lot of issues. And, and this is one of the reasons I was so excited to do this show with you, Mark, because you're a singer and, and you're a musician. And so you you can approach these songs from, from kind of that aspect. I, I'm not a musician. I want to be so bad, but I, I just don't have talent. Uh, if I just had a little talent, it, it would be okay, but I don't. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for rock history and that kind of thing. So uh, I can maybe give some background. You know, when we talk about the, the lyrics, uh, I'm really a fan of, of David Lee Roth lyrics. So I'm really looking forward to kind of breaking down uh, his lyrics. That's one thing I think he has over Sammy Hagar. Not that Sammy Hagar is a bad lyricist, but Dave's Ooh, got that's some classics. An interesting, that's an interesting statement. Let's uh, I'll have to <laughs> unpack that. You know, when we do uh, uh, Up for Breakfast, uh, there's one that lyrically, it's god-awful. But but I, I don't well, mind the music in that song. <laughs> well, when we get to a particular Van Halen song that might be might be their biggest hit ever, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the lyrics of that one. <laughs> I, I think I know which one you're talking about. I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, uh, So what we're going to do, folks, is we're actually going to play the song, and, and Mark and I are going to break in every once in a while. We'll talk about maybe lyrically uh, what, what Dave just sang or, or Sammy, whoever we're talking about, and, uh, you know, we talk about the solos, obviously, and, uh, you know, production, the actual production of the record and how it sounds and all that. And at the end, we're, we're going to give you a, a yay or a nay. And uh, we should maybe explain the yays and the nays here. Um, for the yays, actually, I just took a, a little clip of Eddie Van Halen just nailing uh, a little version of Eruption uh, with, with some Diamond Dave-isms. I'm, I'm just going to give you a, the, the little, uh, this is what you'll hear uh, if we like the song. All right, so so that's if we like it, you're gonna hear Eddie wailing away on the guitar and Dave loving every minute of it. Um, if you if we did like the song, uh, you're gonna hear uh, Eddie, who is maybe a little inebriated, trying to play some guitar uh, with a bunch of Dave screaming no, and it'll sound like this. Oh God, no! God damn it, baby, no, I ain't lying to you. Hey man, don't be squirting water at me. Ugh. 
so yeah if we don't like the song we're gonna hear dave yelling don't be squirting no water at me which you, you <laughs> just as a general rule of thumb you shouldn't do but uh, that particular I would love instance to know the context behind that clip <laughs> i'm and you know, all you have, a crazy fan all you have to do is google uh, david lee roth on youtube and uh, you're gonna get all sorts of hits of him uh, inebriated in the 80s yelling at fans uh, different things there's even one from the 2012 tour where he's yelling about the fans on the stage blowing too hard uh, that's really good i'll try and get some clip outs from that one too for later shows oh i can't wait for that what do you say mark are we ready to to start breaking down running with the devil i mean i'm ready to run with awesome. the devil hey i like what you did there all right yeah All right, so right off the hop, we should just talk about uh, the, the, these car horns. They're actually taken from the band's own cars, apparently, and uh, Ted Templeman, who uh, produced the album, uh, slowed them down before adding them to the track. But they, they had the same idea on the Gene Simmons recorded demo. So that's been with this song from the beginning. But I, I'm trying to picture, if I was back in 1978, and I put this on my record player, and I put the needle down, and that's the first thing I heard how would I respond to that? Like the, now I've heard the song so many times I'm used to it, but that first time, what do you think that initial gut reaction was? I mean, for me personally, I was creeped out because it's just, it's, it's such a, uh, like I said earlier, it's a haunting sound and it was uh, not a friendly haunt, at least at the time it wasn't. And, but then as soon as the, the horns go away and the music gets started, it's like, oh, okay, cool. No, we're, we're in for a wild ride here, but I always assumed they did uh they had some big elaborate machine that made this happen and I would find out later. Yeah, no, just the car horns and slowed down and it pissed me off a little bit because I said, Well, that just sounds that sounds too easy. And, and it was e easy, but effective. But effective. Uh, okay, so. Yeah, so exactly. So let's see where that where the song goes from there. So right off the hop, you got that classic. Uh, and I, I love that, you know, the bass first, right? That done, done, yeah, done. Just, then Alex uh, comes in with the count. Just Michael hitting just this, the staccato, uh, you know, is uh, open knees. Just those open knees just give you a little intro. And um, sometimes less is more. And this is like quintessential less. And But it works. It absolutely works because it's just a buildup. And that's that's all you need it to be. Yeah, and, and that's why, uh, as the opener of the album, uh, I thought this was really genius because mm -hmm. yeah, you have that staccato bass and then the count in with the cymbal, and then all of a sudden there's Eddie, da, 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 and you're getting into it. It's like, all right, uh, I'm into this now. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Roth comes in here right away. Sorry, did you want to break gonna, in there? He just and he right away is going to hit you with uh, uh, just a taste of the things that he's going to give you. Not just this album, but his entirety in Van Halen. He's going to hit you with those high squeals that are going to come out of nowhere for usually no reason. Uh, but that is what established him as the voice of this band and uh, gave uh, uh, an identity 
to this band not not to mention uh eddie's guitar tone which has been often imitated never fully duplicated um do you know what he used for gear on this album i know obviously he had his uh the, the frankensteiner is kind of his his main uh guitar um what else do you know of anything else that he played on this we played on a, uh, it was a, a PV guitar, and um, as far as his as his amp and his his, uh, his distortion goes, I'm not 100 percent sure. Probably should have looked that one up, and we'll get to it. We'll you know get around to it again eventually. But uh, he just I don't know. He was just uh, uh, I think he just sort of tinkered around until he found exactly what he needed, which is what uh, a lot of these guys used to do. These days, you can just buy a pedal or an amp that has uh, your built-in uh, effects, your built-in distortions, and you can get exactly what sound you need for just by saying, hey, can I? Can you make me sound like Eddie? Yeah, sure, here you go. Like, it kind of sounds like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas back in the day, he, he just he kind of just had to find it. You'd find it and, and stand out. So probably through a lot of trial and error. I gotcha, I gotcha. So, uh, you know, what, and I guess how, how they wrote their songs is, you know, Eddie, uh, usually, and Alex, I guess, usually came up with melody and everything. They actually wrote the tune and then they would hand it off to Dave and he would rush off and, you know, in 30 minutes, write all the lyrics down. I guess he has these huge bursts of creativity that he would write. And um, th- this is why I'm really impressed with him as a lyricist, because here we have, I live my life like there's no tomorrow and all I've got, I had to steal. At least I don't need to beg or borrow. Yes, I'm living at a pace that kills. Like, you know, that's a great verse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, of course, the, uh... we... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then from there, we go into the uh, the iconic chorus, which uh, a lot of people at the time, I think, is so, uh, you know, associated with Satan worship. Uh, which the, the song has nothing to do with Satan worship, but no, when, not when, at all. Yeah. Yeah. But it, much like, you know, shout at the devil and highway to hell, uh, people hear that satanic inclination, right. And they think, Oh, it's a song about Satan worship at well, a highway to hell is a song about touring. You know, it has back, nothing to do with the, the devil. Day, at all. Yeah. Back in the day, metaphors seem to be lost on people. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah. That's, that's the consensus I'm getting uh, through, through all of this. And then through the, uh, the satanic panic of, uh, era very well said metaphors were lost you guys just you guys just really aren't getting this are you (laughs) (laughs) all right let's let's hear that chorus Now I saw you smiling there. Is it uh, every, every time he he does those uh, those high pitched uh, ahas? Well, no, because I I did warn you, the audience, that that's what you were in for, and he warned you at the top <laughs> of the song when all the guys you came in, he, you knew what you were in for. I'm smiling and I'm laughing because this is essentially not a chorus at all. We are we are singing the title of the song twice. That's what we're doing. That's our chorus, and then Dave's giving the ornamentation of his. Uh, Ooh, yes, and ahs. And that's your chorus. 
again, less is more, but sometimes less can be just nothing at all. Sometimes the idea, you don't have an idea for a particular line, but all you got to do is say, okay, well, what, what do I have to work with? The song's called Running with the Devil. Cool. Let's throw that in there. Let's just make sure we sing the line. And that will be our chorus. We'll figure out everything else. It almost sounds like they didn't have an idea for a chorus. They just knew that this was the title of the song. We have to sing it at some point. We've got this line. You know, Michael's still doing his his open E staccatos. And then, you know, Eddie's got the the one riff, the one riff. Uh, and they said, okay, just just sing Running with the Devil. All right, cool. That's it. But you know, That's all you need. When you got David Lee Roth. No love you'd call real. Right, you, you don't need a lot, right? You you, you just got David Lee Roth. Yeah. Just just throw throwing that color in there, right? And it works. I mean, that's uh this is this is where uh a lot of musicians, even after this, probably beforehand too, but they um if they had an idea, they would rely sometimes on the front man to uh carry it out and uh make it better and i think that's what dave's trying to do here it it does work don't get me wrong it, it works for the song but it's almost like they did not have a clue as to what the course was going to be so they said okay well we'll just play the riff we'll sing the line and dave you figure something else out to make it more uh uh, uh you make it stand out a little more sure <laughs> and dave's like no problem I'm Now, we were talking about lyrics earlier, Mark. Uh, wh mm -hmm. What did you think of that verse there? I personally think the second verse is uh, stronger than the first verse. Um, because, I mean, he's he's giving you... You want your first verse to be an introduction as to what your song is going to be about. Um, so he gives you that, you know, uh, with this whole, like, it's just, it's just me. Me, single. I, it's, I, I live my life at my own pace. It's a, it's a fast pace. It'll probably kill me. And then he's doubling down in the second verse is like, look, I, you know, it's life sucks. Life's hard, you know, and I got to do, I got to do what I got to do to survive. Uh, there's nobody else. It's just me. It's the team of I. So what, why else would I, uh, why wouldn't I go the pace that I'm going is essentially what I think he's saying. So uh, equate that then with, with the title of the song, because he's talking about, you know, a life on that road. Uh, I'm assuming he's kind of equating it to being the life of a musician, uh, obviously uh, paying your dues uh, in the 1970s in California. Couldn't have been easy playing school dances or CD bars or wherever just to make 20 bucks. Um, so uh, equate that life. Is that what he's uh, associated with running with the devil? You're, you're kind of chasing uh, this demon uh, known as rock and roll. I mean, you, that that's certainly a uh one perspective that's that's the beauty of music and uh the beauty of songs like this uh that people still don't quite understand is that it's subjective and it can mean so many different things i'm sure dave probably had something else in mind entirely uh when writing this maybe he had no thought at all he just thought hey these words work together 
uh th this sounds about right i can sing this th it works and maybe he just by pure accident made some sense out of it i i'll give him a little more credit and go like no he's he's making a statement here it's like it's fine but i'm just saying you never know this could this could mean exactly what you uh are are interpreting it as or it could mean something more like maybe I would say, at least the first time I heard it, I thought he was referring to like a, a traumatic childhood uh, or uh, just dealing with the hardships of being a young person out in the world with nobody to rely on. But I think, uh, but I, I like your interpretation a lot better because yes, as you mentioned, yeah, it is it is hard out there. It is uh, tough uh, being a musician and when you're trying to make your dream happen and when you're trying to achieve your goals it's hard because you know the world will eat you up and spit you out and i love that line i found the simple life ain't so simple like you, you can equate that to a lot of things i thought you were kind of onto something where you said maybe he just found a, a theme that that you know just, just kind of sounded good because remember this is their first album and one of the yep. first songs they that he wrote right that he's writing lyrics for so maybe he is just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, that that's a very real possibility. When you said that, I'm like, that makes a hell of a lot of sense because it happens <laughs> way more often than you think, uh, and with a lot of really popular songs. Awesome. All right. Well, we're gonna have one more uh, of, of our favorite chorus here, and then the Eddie solo, which I'm really looking forward to. So let's get into oh, yeah. that. All right, so a, a short solo. Uh, we'd expect a, a little more maybe from the guitar virtuoso that is Edward Van Halen, but uh, man, that to, to me as a, as a non-musician listening to it, I think that's a solo that serves the song. It's not about how many notes I can play or how fast I can play it. That's a solo that serves the song. That's exactly what I was going to point out because, yeah, and let's let's pretend for a second we're just throwing this record on we drop the needle we have no expectations we don't know that eddie is this guitar virtuoso yet you know and he's giving us this solo that is very very quick it's only a few bars and it's it's subtle it's funny it's funny to say that like yeah an eddie van halen solo was subtle but this one's subtle because it is as you say it's serving the song it's not uh he's not uh you know pardon the term he's not jerking himself off he's you know mm -hmm. he's just playing playing to serve the song he's not trying to out uh, perform dave or or michael or alex he's he's just putting a solo in because he, you know that's what you did in rock he put a solo in mm -hmm. um and it's not not even remotely close to what we would hear from him just right after this track you know it's 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 subtle and i find that so hilarious and actually kind of brilliant of him to do that oh i totally agree and uh i i think of a guy like vernon reed from living color um mm -hmm. you, you think about the solo he actually had two solos in cult of personality neither of which i think really served the song it's all about look how great of a guitar player i am and he's a brilliant guitar player but they don't really work with the song you could be a brilliant guitar player and, and play a solo that works with the song um i i go back to a guy like angus young who is never really considered among your, your top guitar players, but he composes solos that fit those songs like a glove. 
and they may be easier to play uh, than the solos from like Cult of Personality, but they're better in that they they actually work, I think, better with the song. And that's just an outsider's perspective. Uh, uh, looking at that, you you may think completely differently. I will I will only interject and say uh, Vernon solo served the purpose of guess how many notes I can fit into this. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. You'll never guess. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. May I interject and say big shout out to, I think the, was that a kazoo or was that <laughs> a, just a, like a gym whistle? Whatever that was. It, it always makes me laugh when I hear it because I go like, well, that was a choice. <laughs> it, it was kicking around the studio, I guess. And Ted Templeman was like, yeah, let's throw that on there. I, just, uh, I don't know. Throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I never really noticed before. Like, is that a kazoo or is it a gym whistle? I, I, I want to lean more towards a uh, whistle. I think it's, but yeah, I think I'm it's probably too high to be a kazoo, but it's just, it's one of those things. Like you, you see clowns with it, uh, yeah. which makes this sense. Little slide yeah, which makes sense. Dave is the rock and roll clown, so there you go. So here's where I want to uh, shout out Michael Anthony because yes, he's such a great background vocalist. And when you have that great background vocalist and Eddie's in there too, uh, pro not as mm. prominent as Michael Anthony, but it really kind of covers up when your lead singer has some uh, deficiencies in his vocal range, doesn't it? Oh, it absolutely does. And uh, yeah, M Michael is what's great about him is he, he's not, he serves his purpose as background vocals very well in in that he provides an extra layer and it's so good that you don't really if you're not paying attention to it you won't realize what he's doing but he's so precise that's another thing it's it's one thing to sing high it's another thing to sing high and hit your notes precisely um this kids was before the invention of autotune where the computer just does that for you like, no, back in the day, if you didn't hit your note right, you had to do it again and again, and you did it until you got that note right or many notes right. I don't know how many takes it took Michael to to do his background vocals. I'm going to just go ahead and guess not that many uh, because the guy was consistent. And as we go along in these in these uh, these episodes and these tracks, we'll hear it more. That's that's one of this one of his brilliancies that uh, really just kind of goes underrated, in my opinion, about him. Um, but also with this line that we just heard, we get to hear a little bit more of Eddie giving us some little guitar flair. Uh, you know, he does the, the little. Uh, uh, how do I explain it? Well, these little harmonic sounds that do do do. You know, as Dave is finishing his uh, line in the verse, just to give it a little extra little ornamentation he's not he's not doing it to uh make any sort of statement i don't think he's just saying it's like hey look look we got some other stuff going on over here uh meanwhile dave comes in with the chorus with just the biggest howl because he he will not be upstaged and he's gonna <laughs> let you know it in this opening track 
that's a really interesting point. This book I'm reading, uh, which a fantastic book uh, by by Noel Monk. Uh, you, you should definitely pick it up. But they, they talk about Dave not wanting to be one up, and I'm actually at the chapter where it was Eddie's uh, wedding to Valerie Bertinelli and how cranky Dave was because the spotlight wasn't on him. So I could see him hearing Unreal. Eddie put a little thing in that song, right? A little harmonic to to stand uh-huh. out, and and Dave trying to trying to one up him because that was their whole relationship. He felt like he knew Eddie Van Halen was a genius. And he would always have to try and get ahead of that. Um, but I, again, uh, Michael Anthony, I, I know we're going to talk about a lot. Really the unsung hero of Van Halen in a lot of ways. Eddie gets a lot of props. Dave Agreed. does, obviously. Sammy, when he gets in there. Alex is, I think, a, a top 100 drummer of all time in rock and roll. He doesn't get enough credit. But Michael Anthony does more for the sound of Van Halen or does as much as the other three, I think. Oh, absolutely. Because... As you say, you get you have uh, Diamond Dave doing his thing, and he's just gonna Dave's just gonna Dave, and then you know Eddie's basically got to be kind of the second voice of the band, the more really the more prominent voice in that uh, guitar wise because he you know he's the one uh, giving us the sonic uh, remembrance, uh, but Alex and Michael are the foundations. They are the ones really holding it together. And without them, the whole thing just it's it without them. It's just Eddie just playing guitar in his room by himself. And then Dave's just howling in the into the wind. Yep, exactly. All right, I got uh, 49 seconds left. Let's uh, ride this out here. They don't make them like that anymore. No, they they literally don't. Um, but again, that uh, Dave says uh, one more time, giving Eddie the uh, it's like, oh, OK, one more solo. But Eddie, he doesn't give you a different solo. He doesn't do a, a, a new variation. He slightly alters the same slow, uh, solo just to give it a little bit of a fresh edge, I guess, probably as a way of letting you know, hey, we're going into a different part of the song. We're not going back to the same thing. And, uh, you know, it's this is my outro, if you will, because we're about to give you the outro. Um, but again, it serves the song, as you said. Uh, and that's, again, it's just so funny. Looking at it with these, uh, with the perspective of this now, with an, an analytical point, it's really funny because that's just not uh it's it's not what we typically get from eddie in the uh in his the other songs that we will <laughs> we will go over um but it's just it's a really smart move and um and yeah that is that is our opening track our introduction to the band as it were yep and uh i really kind of liked going back i didn't realize dave threw in as much of those ah yes and stuff as he did especially near the end of that song it's constant like every three mm-hmm. seconds, he's he's screaming something, and uh, li- listening to it with kind of an analytical ear, uh, you you really point him out. It's like, do we really need uh, eighteen 
uh, oh gods and ah yes and all that. Uh, you know, a few, sure, but uh, that's, that's his niche, though. That that <laughs> that became his thing, and it's like I think it it all starts with this track. It would not surprise me if this is the first track they recorded together as a band. It would not surprise me. Not me either. It was part of that that four track demo that they recorded with Gene Simmons. So maybe it was Gene's idea. Like Dave, uh, you know, you really got to throw something in there, or oh Eddie's going to overshadow you. What if that's okay? That's the new head cannon. It's all because of Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons said, "Hey, Dave, you know, if you add a little bit more of that, it's like weird howling and and squealing that you do. It could really stand out." It's like, okay, Gene, I'm on it. <laughs> well, you you, you, the, the two biggest egos in rock and roll, right, have to be Gene Simmons and David Lee Roth. So that totally makes sense. <laughs> Name two bigger egos. Go ahead, I'll wait. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he can. So if that came from Gene Simmons, it would not shock me in the least because I'm because, <laughs> you know, he's not a, a better vocalist than Paul Stanley. He's probably got to do stuff no. like that, too, to try and, you know, stay on level with Paul, even in songwriting, like all all Gene songs are about, you know, getting laid. Uh, whereas Paul could actually compose a song about uh, different things. So, well, I mean, uh, look no further than their live performances. I mean, Paul and, and Ace and even uh, uh, uh Wow, I just blanked on his name, the drummer. Uh, Peter Chris. Peter Chris, thank you. Wow, that's embarrassing. But uh, look at all of them with with their makeup and their attire, and you know it's it's very sleek. It's very uh, they're they're individuals, but they're not so incredibly flashy. And then you got Gene, uh, the demon, who's spitting blood. He's 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 throwing his giant tongue everywhere. He's got he's wearing armor. He's got giant stacks. He's flying. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes if, if, you know, the, the Raptors al- will allow it, uh, he's blowing out fire like he's being the showman, even when he's not singing a song. You know, he's just <laughs> barely playing bass, but he's got to be the showman. So, yeah, it's it's all there. And we have another relationship here. We have uh, David, Lee, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen kind of uh, fire and ice uh, or, and, you know, and Michael Anthony and uh, Alex are the lukewarm water. Uh, if uh, there's a spinal tap reference for you folks. <laughs> uh, and it's it because that, nice. that dynamic broke up the band uh, after their biggest album in 1984. So uh, we'll have tons of time to, to get into that, get into that relationship and how different David Lee Roth is as a frontman from Sammy Hagar, who we're going to get some Sammy oh, yeah. songs here. But first, we have to vote on this one, Mark. Uh, maybe I'll I'll start things off on the first show here. Uh, oh, yeah. is, is this an, an all-time uh, uh, rock and roll classic? Yeah, it is right. Running with the Devil. This is an all-time rock and roll classic. It's a Van Halen classic. Uh, it's a classic anyway, Slice It. There's nothing I don't like about this song. Uh, it's rock and roll perfection. It definitely gets a big yeah from me. How about you, Mr. Kamire? You know, after all the stuff that we've just said, I hate to be the contrarian. So I'm not going to. It's out. It's absolutely... <laughs> Like, You're, how do you not? How do you not give this a yeah? You, you can't. You, you can't host a podcast like this and, and vote against running with the <laughs> devil. And really, if anybody out there listening to this disagrees with us, you know, get a hold of us uh, on Twitter. We're at uh, uh, Podcast Will Rock uh, on Twitter. Uh, pod, uh, at uh, podcastwillrock at gmail.com also we have a, an email address let us know if you think we're wrong because I, I really doubt there's a person out there who's going to listen to this and say yeah that song stunk 
uh, you know, give me more Gary Sharoni. I mean, I get <laughs> they may not say that last bit, but uh, they <laughs> definitely there definitely are people out there that uh, most definitely think this Van Halen song in particular is not one of their best. Um, I don't understand that. But yes, as Corey said, pl- please hit us up and let us know your thoughts on that, because I'm, I'm dying to understand that perspective. Yeah, I don't get it all. Um, so uh, maybe a little duller episode that we both gushed uh, all over the song, but there's going to be some songs uh, in yeah. this catalog where we're going to be like, what the Sam bloody fuck was that? Uh, I, to me, the, the perfect album for that is uh, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge because it has some of my favorite Sammy songs Ooh. and some of the biggest pieces of shit that they've ever recorded all in the same album. Can confirm that was my <laughs> that was the first Van Halen album I ever purchased. Oh, really? uh, without without knowing what the tracks were, I just knew it was Van Halen. That was the album, so I bought it, and uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by some, and some I was going, I I don't think this is the same band I was thinking about. Like, what's <laughs> happening? This is a compilation disc, right? It, this is a different band. What's happening? Yeah, and, and there's so quite I, a few I, of those in the catalog, so we're we're, we're going to get some <laughs> clunkers. But uh, the, the first one, uh, at least in our estimation, was not a clunker. Again, if you disagree, uh, let us know. Give us your opinion. Uh, I'd like to try and understand that opinion because I just don't see it. I, I love this song. Yeah, and if you have uh, just if you agree with us though, and you still have a different take than what we did, uh, yeah, maybe uh, as I mentioned about the uh, the lyrics to Corey and how his perspective was this but maybe Dave's was actually this or what, l- let us know your perspective. What do you think uh, running, a, uh, running with the devil means to you uh, uh, from your perspective? Let us know it all. And that'll do it for episode one of, and the podcast will rock. Yes. That's a play on Van Halen because this is a Van Halen podcast. Uh, I am super excited. We got the first episode down with uh, the opening track. You knew, you knew this was going to uh, be a gush fest and that's exactly what we gave you Uh, going forward though. We're going to utilize the giant wheel, the track wheel, and we will spin it. We will get a track and we will talk about whatever it lands on. Um, or if it lands on a song that we've already talked about, then this is like a uh, free spin. Um, well, I'll just remove I, it from the wheel as we go. So, Oh, well, there you go. Never mind. No free spin. Uh, <laughs> we will just, we will just keep on rocking. So I, I anticipate this is going to get very, very, uh, it's going to be fun regardless, but I anticipate it's going to get very interesting the further on we go, but I'm excited to do this new venture. I'm excited to have you all join us and just a, I mean, geek out, even if it's in a somewhat negative vibe, but mostly positive vibe, geek out on one of the greatest rock bands of all time, Van Halen. This was a fantastic idea. Uh, Corey Morissette, any final parting words? And uh, where can the people find you? Uh, You can find me on uh, Twitter. Uh, at CD Morset, uh, I think I'm on the Insta face or whatever that that picture one. Uh, I'm on there too somewhere. Um, and right and right now, just uh, just doing this here show and uh, looking forward to 119 more of these at least. Like I said, I wouldn't mind getting into maybe a couple of Diamond Dave solo cuts, a couple of Sammy cuts, maybe uh, maybe some uh, Wolfgang uh, as we go along. Is because if uh, the rest of the shows are going to be like this one. It's going to be a ton of fun. And the, the time is just going to fly right by. We endeavor to do this every single week, folks. 
Uh, look for us to drop on Fridays. Um, wherever you get your favorite podcast from, we'll have a new episode for you and completely at random. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, which albums will be represented early on, which ones we'll have to kind of wait for. Uh, I know listening to uh, Pot of Thunder, they were really hoping for some Destroyer tracks right off the hop, and it took them 90 episodes, I think, before they finally got one. So we'll see how long it takes us to get a, a pound cake or something for from uh, for Unlawful, which was Mark's first uh, Van Halen album. <laughs> yeah i'm just yeah uh, right now would be a fun one to do like immediately um <laughs> but honestly yeah now i'm now i'm curious as to know uh how far we we're gonna go before we get the rest of the tracks from uh van halen one uh time will tell <laughs> but i'm excited to uh to figure that out you can find me on twitter and instagram at mark the bat uh, i'm doing this show and then uh look all for all my music stuff that I'm got, I've got coming on the pipeline. There's some some interesting things happening currently, and uh, yeah, be on the lookout for all that. It's a great time. And hey, just in case you guys get sick of just the two of us rambling uh, by our lonesome, fret not because we are planning to have guests. We will have uh, new perspectives, so it's not just uh, the two of us gushing or you know absolutely shitting all over, depending on the track that day. We will have more perspectives, so be uh, be aware of that and look forward to it. I certainly am. Uh, on behalf of Corey and myself, this has been, and the podcast will rock, and we will rock you later.